And um, the feedback has really brought me to tears. People think they're freaks because they pull out their hair or don't have any eyebrows anymore or pull their eyelashes or picking at your skin so badly that your your face is bloody. So we've had people who actually uh, have found out for the first time in their lives that they're not alone. You're listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast where experts share experiences and the latest thinking on mental health and psychology. Here's your host, Gabe Howard. Calling into our show today, we have Louisa Zedenig. Ms. Zedenig is a healthcare manager and businesswoman whose career has spanned multiple countries and sectors. Her passion lies in the application of technology to improving healthcare provision and the treatment of mental health conditions. Ms. Zedenig, welcome to the show. Hey, Gabe. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. We are excited that you are here as well. And today we're going to be discussing body-focused repetitive behaviors, or BFRBs. And I discovered that I have a BFRB. I I always knew that I had trichotillomania. The show did not diagnose me. I just didn't realize that trichotillomania or or hair pulling was part of the body-focused repetitive behavior category because for whatever reason, I had just never heard the term before. So before we get too far into the episode, can you tell our listeners what body-focused repetitive behaviors or BFRBs are? Yes, uh, sure. It's incredible how many people aren't aware that they actually have BFRBs. So it's funny you say that because uh, my story is also similar. So BFRBs are bodily-focused repetitive behaviors, and they appear in hair pulling or skin picking. So people who suffer from BFRBs sometimes aren't really aware that they're doing it. You start pulling your hair or picking your skin when you're stressed. It's often related also to anxiety or depression and comes with other mental health issues. I learned that I had trichotillomania because my family would constantly say, stop pulling your hair, stop pulling your hair, stop pulling at your hair, stop touching your hair. I just, I didn't even know that I was doing it. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, for people who suffer from BFRBs badly, it's really debilitating because you might pull out your eyebrows completely or completely use your hair or have really bad skin issues. So it reaches a point for a lot of people that you seek professional help. Of course, the aspect of your friends and family constantly pointing out that um, you're pulling your hair or picking your skin um, also is something that's not really very helpful. And that's why you kind of have that sort of negative feedback. And that's also a reason why people go and seek help or find more information about the condition. My family very much saw it not as a medical condition, but as just a bad habit. How is it different? How can somebody tell if they just have a a quirk, a, a bad habit, or if they've moved into, you know, having a medical condition, you know, body focused repetitive behavior? You know, learning about BFRBs for me personally has been really liberating as well, because I also thought it's just a bad habit and it's just something that you have to try harder and you can change. I don't want to directly compare it to depression, but it's, you know, like telling somebody to be happy or relax. There's that element of lack of control. So, you know, it's not just about changing your, you can't just switch off the behavior. So it's not just an annoying habit that you can just sort of get yourself to stop by strong willpower. It's more deep rooting because you're doing it unconsciously or it's 
it's something that happens unconsciously and it's really hard to control and requires a lot of help and attention to, to really learn how to change your behavior. Seeking help is super important. And I think it's really important that you inform yourself and that you can look at websites and find out more about BFRBs. Uh, diagnosis is often far along the down the path. The first step is to sort of talk about it and what, what annoys you or how you're affected and how BFRBs affect your everyday life. One of the things that I've noticed in the mental health field is that people believe they have to be positive that they have a medical condition before they'll seek care. So they have to be positive that they have depression or positive that they have bipolar disorder. And, and I know there's a lot of people who might not be positive that they have a body-focused repetitive behavior. They're they're just not sure. Can you talk to those folks? And, and I don't want to say give them permission, but give them encouragement to seek help, seek treatment, and find out for sure where they lie on that spectrum versus them sitting at home and thinking to themselves, well, I'm not sure I have an issue, so I won't go to the doctor yet. I think going seeking out a professional and going to see a doctor or a therapist is a super important first step. It's really important that you talk about how whatever it is, is affecting your daily life and that you can have this open conversation about what's on your mind. And I think, you know, the, the diagnosis is not the beginning of the process. It might be at the end of the process. So it's really important to have that openness. And that's what we at Nudge also, or what we care about is that it's all about awareness. It's really important to, to have sort of access to information, keep the barriers of entry low and, and just make it possible to have that conversation. And maybe at the end, a therapist might have a diagnosis, but I think it's about exploring what's going on in your life and what is bothering you and how to find solutions. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It's more important about finding a way to make your, make your life easier. So many people believe that if they have a body-focused repetitive behavior, that seeking uh, help, therapy, whatever, is just being dramatic. Can you talk about that? Because it seems to be a pervasive belief, uh, not just among people who are suffering from BFRBs, but uh, among their supposed support system. Oh, you're going to a doctor because you're pulling at your hair. It, you're just being dramatic. Yeah, it's really important to spread awareness. It's really important to connect sufferers and pointing them towards more support and just having an open community. Your your problems are always real to you, so it's not uh, up to uh, judgment for other people to judge if your issues are real or your problems are real or how big they are. It's, it's already such a big step to seek help and sort of admit to yourself or admit that you have a problem. So we really have to build that awareness that there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong or bad about BFRBs. How common are body-focused repetitive behaviors? It's huge. And before I started my research and found out more about BFRBs, I had absolutely no idea. We think that um, there are estimates that it affects about 5% of the world's population. So uh, 20 people can uh, suffer from BFRBs without ever knowing it, without ever having heard the name. And they are really, really impactful. I, I think I've done a disservice to our listeners by saying, oh, I, I twirl my hair, but it's a spectrum, 
for for Gabe Howard personally, for for me personally, I, I yank at my hair, I tug at my hair, and I pull on it. But I'm I'm fairly lucky in that if I keep my hair very short, that does keep it at bay. But for other people, they're going after their eyebrows, or of course, I'm just talking about hair. There's also you know skin picking, scratching, and things of that nature. This isn't just some quirk that we've turned into a medical condition. This is this is debilitating for those who suffer from it. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. There's a complete spectrum from pulling your eyebrows a little bit to actually not having any eyebrows at all or having no hair or having to shave your head because you keep pulling out your hair. The impact can be huge. Anything from sort of being, you know, having a bad session or pulling your hair that are picking at your skin so badly that your your face is bloody, you can't go outside, you're embarrassed to see other people, you can't go to work. Uh, so it's a huge, um, it can be hugely debilitating for some people. And um, the feedback from customers has really brought me to tears. People think they're freaks because they pull out their hair or don't have any eyebrows anymore or pull their eyelashes So we've had people who actually uh, have found out for the first time in their lives that they're not alone. And you can see where this would snowball. You mentioned not being able to go to work. And in America, that's not only how we get money, but it's how we get health insurance. You mentioned not wanting to see friends or family. Well, there's our support system. There are the people that that help us through trauma and illnesses and getting medical care. You're sort of isolated and alone and lacking the resources to attack the problem head on. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. It can happen that you reach a downward spiral. You're stressed because you can't find a job or you you had a bad session and you don't want to go to work and then your job security might be uh, affected. So, of course, all these additional stressors can kind of make things worse. With the pandemic, we've seen we've kind of had both reactions. Some, some people who have been suffering from BFRBs are kind of happy because they haven't had that same sort of social exposure and interaction so sort of that on one hand can reduce the levels of anxiety just because you're not having to deal with people all the time but for others of course being alone is kind of worse because then if I'm alone at home I go to the mirror and squeeze my pimples or pick at my skin or start pulling the hair out so we've seen it go both ways so some people who who where the pandemic has helped because they've spent more time alone and socializing hasn't been an additional stress factor or others who have kind of found it harder because they have been home alone all the time. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. And then having to pretend that everything is okay, despite having to feel crippled inside That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me. Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist. That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. 
Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com slash IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. Hi there, I'm Faye McRae, Editor-in-Chief of Psych Central. Whether you're looking for free resources, quizzes, or thought-provoking personal perspectives, Psych Central has what you need to join you on your mental health journey. Psych Central's talented team of award-winning writers, editors, and medical professionals are passionate about creating a safe, inclusive, and trustworthy environment where you feel seen and heard. Visit us now at psychcentral.com. That's psychcentral.com. Hey everyone, my name is Rachel Star Withers and I live with schizophrenia. I'm also the host of Inside Schizophrenia, a podcast that dives deep into all things schizophrenia, featuring personal experiences and experts to help you better understand and navigate schizophrenia. Inside Schizophrenia is a Psych Central and Healthline Media podcast and we're available right now on your favorite podcast player. Check us out. And we're back discussing BFRBs, body-focused repetitive behaviors, with Louisa Zedenig. Can you talk about your personal story a little bit with a BFRB? I yeah, I've been skin picking sort of all my life. Uh, I have a, a mild forms, but it's just something that I'm very aware of of when I'm stressed or don't sleep enough. I kind of have these parts of my face sort of around my chin that I always go at <laughs> and it annoys me and it annoys people around me. So it's harmful and not helpful and that I want to manage for myself. And so I kind of really like the idea of developing a device that helps with that. I love that you have a personal connection. So often I, I think that products like this miss the mark. They they don't have that that link. People don't understand why it's so important. They understand that it works. They understand the research, but it, it just doesn't have that that connection. And it really sounds like you and your team have a real connection to this this product and the benefits of seeking treatment, seeking help, and just moving forward in, in spite of a disorder that is not well known, not well understood, and it frankly sounds like it's very debilitating to a large number of people. Is there a type of person who, who has a BFRB? Does it only happen to young people or older people or men or women? Is, is there a commonality between BFRB sufferers? It tends to be more women. So women in their young uh, adulthood from teens, so between 15 to 35 is kind of the most common, but there's a very broad spectrum, but all genders are affected on all age groups. Why do you think there's not as much public attention or awareness on these conditions? I, I, I'll be the first to admit there's, there's not enough public attention on mental health in general, but it, it really seems like body-focused repetitive behaviors are completely ignored. And, and I'm saying this as somebody who works in mental health advocacy. One reason might be the, the large spectrum. So there are a lot of BFRB sufferers who have a very mild form, but then there are these few people who have, have it really badly. So maybe it's kind of everybody picks their skin a little bit or pulls out their hair. So I think it's maybe the the, the broad spectrum that makes you feel or it's normal, it's just kind of an, an annoying behavior. So that might be one reason. 
and in general, it's not not so well known or explored yet either. So also within the mental health practitioner community, we found therapists who actually haven't heard about BFRBs themselves. So I think it's also within the professional community, there's still a lot of awareness that needs to be built up. Well, I'm really glad that you're out there raising that awareness and bringing down those barriers because it can be extraordinarily debilitating for those who suffer. Now, you have a product, Nudge. It's it's, it's a wearable. You you wear it on your wrist and it, it well, gives you a nudge when you start the body-focused repetitive behavior. Can you talk about the research that went into that, how it works, and, and how people use it? Of course. So Nudge is a smart wristband that vibrates when you're about to touch your skin and your face. We did a lot of research about how face touching happens, how often people do it, then also researching the behavior change therapy approaches and what helps people learn more about their behaviors. And we found that nudge is sort of a gentle reminder when you're about to touch your face. And for many BFRB sufferers, there's that lack of awareness. It's an unconscious behavior. So nudge has this vibration the motor that kind of sets off when you're about to touch your face and that kind of helps gives you a reminder that you're about to do it and with time helps you change your behavior because you're more aware of face touching and of course that's that's the wearable aspect that's the vibration aspect but community building and awareness raising is a big 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 part of your mission can you talk about why that is From our initial feedback also, because, you know, we had so many customers that came to us and said, hey, this is the first time that I found out that I'm not alone. I thought I was a freak. I had no idea that there were other people out there who had the same issues. Mental health in general, is it has improved a lot, but we're still really stigmatized. People don't talk about it. Everybody has sort of a story in their family, but there's still such a, it's still often such a difficult conversation to have. So we kind of want to normalize it and we want to build awareness and make people feel okay and kind of say, hey, you're not alone. It's okay. You're not a freak. Embrace your BFRB. And we want to have information out there to help people deal with it and um, yeah, improve their quality of life. Can you walk us through a little bit of how you developed Nudge? What was the inspiration? What was the idea? What were the first steps? There has to be a story there. Yeah, so we had this idea about Nudge and then started with our research and learned more about BFRBs. And then we sort of got together and had our team's personal experience with BFRBs was a major factor. All of us, it was kind of this common denominator. We all all of a sudden had a personal story to tell. So that was quite amazing. And we kind of had this idea of developing a smart wristband that would help stop touching your face. It was also my own experience with dermatillomania that sort of kicked off. And then I dug deeper and um, did more research and learned more and more about it. And then it was just also, you know, we found out that our team all had a personal story to tell. And then we were just super keen to do something in that space. And where can folks find the Nudge Band on the web? You can... Go to our website, thenudgeband.com, or follow us on Instagram and visit our website and find more information about Nudge and about us. And we also have useful blog entries and links that are available. So it's a useful resource for finding out more about BFRBs. And what's the website and what is the Instagram link? 
So our website is thenudgeband.com and the Instagram handle is at thenudgeband. Ms. Zenenig, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate you illuminating people on this, this not well understood topic. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fantastic being able to talk about BFRBs and about Natch. And thank you so much for having us. You are very, very welcome. And to all of our listeners, a giant thank you. My name is Gabe Howard, and I'm the author of Mental Illness is an Asshole and Other Observations, as well as an award-winning public speaker who's probably available for your next event. My book is on Amazon, or you can get a signed copy with free show swag or learn more about me by heading over to GabeHoward.com. Wherever you downloaded this episode, please follow or subscribe to the show. It's absolutely free. And hey, recommend the show to your family, friends, and colleagues, whether it's on social media, a text message, or good old-fashioned word of mouth. I would consider it a personal favor. I will see everybody next Thursday on Inside Mental Health. You've been listening to Inside Mental Health, a Psych Central podcast from Healthline Media. Have a topic or guest suggestion? Email us at show at psychcentral.com. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show or on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. 1 in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.